You are listening to highlights of an episode of The Creative Process. To hear the full interview or to learn more about The Creative Process projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info. You know, you hear writers talk, I did when I was younger, of how the material takes them over or a character takes them over. And you think, no, no, that doesn't happen. It's craft. And then when it does happen and you feel as if you feel like you're not writing it, that it's being dictated to you. Now, I know that's not true, but it's what it feels like when all of a sudden something appears on the screen that you weren't expecting. I'll be writing a script, and I'll get to a moment where I don't know what's coming. What, how, who is this character? Mm-hmm. How does she behave? And she'll say something, I'll say something, that tells me immediately who she is. But it's always a bit of a surprise when that moment comes. You know, when when I started out, I wrote garbage. I wrote junk um, because I was so desperate to prove to myself that I could write something that would be publishable. Um, And it was it was pop garbage. Mm -hmm. And and my editor at the time. God bless her. Joyce Engelson, who had been a novelist herself, said, why are you writing this junk? I mean, it's good junk and it'll, it'll make you a lot of money, but it's junk. Was and it I commissioned think, or? No, I, I wrote a pulpy, you know, action novel that was just, I mean, it was terribly written and it was to, to say there was, a, there was no character to speak of. They were all cardboard characters made mm-hmm. to move through a plot. And she said, you shouldn't be, you can do better than this but I didn't really know what she meant. She said, well, try. Don't, the next thing you write, don't write it to make the money. Don't write it to prove you can do something. Write something that you care about and see how it turns out. And we'll give you an advance for it just to make it easier. Right. And how old were you when you wrote your first book? Uh, I think I got my first book contract at um, 25, 24, something like that, 26. Some people are just finding out who they are at that age. Even, you know, you can be intellectually precocious, but at the same time, you know, some of the things that you, you have to know yourself very well. I think to give that deep interior journey and to allow yourself to be vulnerable to write something great. I didn't, uh, I just thought this is a way to, you want to do this. I mean, I'd wanted to do it since I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know. I didn't have the education or the, or the, or the um, intellectual support or the family that said, you should do this. Really, the first person who said I could do it was Joyce Engelson when she said, do better. Yeah. Write something from your heart. Write something you understand, not something you're manufacturing as a product. And then, from then on, everything got easier. You know, you learn certain lessons. My lessons about discipline and and treating work seriously, some of it does come from television. Like one night I didn't show up for a tag. Tag is the last scene of a show. Mm -hmm. I didn't show up on the set. I did show up on the set, but it was so late I went home. Mm -hmm. It was three o'clock in the morning and I was tired. And um, the producer looked at the tag and said, why didn't, you, why didn't we get this in that corner over there where the character would have felt m- uh, more closed off? 
And I said, I don't know, I wasn't there. He said, here's the first lesson and don't ever forget it. Don't you ever do that again. Yeah. Don't you ever leave the set when the most, there are only two scenes that matter, the opening scene and the last scene. Don't leave when they're shooting the last scene. You stay there every second. Of, I don't care what time of three o'clock in the morning it is. You stay there till the tag is done and make sure it's perfect because that's what the audience leaves with. If the tag is no good, the rest of the script won't matter if they're unsatisfied by that. So it was a lesson. So, but do you like working under deadline? Because some people get excited. <laughs> some people like love that, but I know there's so many deadlines in television. And I get excited by it. I, I, um, when you put a gun to my head. I tend to. I, it focuses my mind very quickly that this has to be shot tomorrow morning. Yeah. I mean, at one point, I forget. I guess it was third season. Dick walked in and said, uh, "We need a script like now, tomorrow." because I, I don't have a script to shoot. I said, well, I didn't even begin outlining the script yet. He said, well, see if you can do it in the next couple of days. I said, Dick, I can't write a script in three days. He said, well, now you have to, so do it. And then he walked out. And in four days, I wrote, again, one of the best things I've ever written with a gun to my head, um, because I think I felt the pressure of being good and the time pressure at the same time. That was, you know, it makes me, I'm uncomfortable um, talking about it. I'm uncomfortable saying it's the only script in the history of Law and Order um, that received an Emmy nomination for writing. Yes, I had read about that, yes. And when it happened, I thought, but I wrote this in four, you mean to tell me the best thing I've ever done I did in four days? Um, and it may just be that the intensity of writing, now it was also very close to my heart, but the intensity of writing it may have been what made it good. Sure, something of that intensity is transmitted into, you know, high stakes, and that's, that's transmitted right. into the viewers. That's right. They, I think they can feel it. That's right. So what was it like, because I've heard this too, that Dick Wolf is, I mean, again, you know, always looking for excellence and persistence. So what was it like collaborating with him? Were you in, in at the very beginning of, of Law and Order? I was there before we started shooting. I was there yeah. before the first season shot. Right. And there was a very small staff because Dick had another staff in Las Vegas making another show. Mm -hmm. Some guys who had worked on the original scripts for Law and Order, but they weren't available. Mm -hmm. So there were a few of us. There were, I don't know, three or four of us at the most. And Dick rewrote everything as fast as he could. Um, and, and it was, I think one of the reasons those early seasons are as good as they are is that we were inventing it while we were doing it. That is, we didn't know what the show was. We were discovering what the show was mm -hmm. and you could change it every week. You could take this form and do something completely new every single week. Television used to be somebody got in a car and drove up a driveway and knocked on the door. So you've just spent 45 seconds getting in a car and going to the door. In Law and Order, none of that happens. It's dialogue wall to wall, which is one of the things that attracted me. Sure. Dialogue from beginning to end. You never stop talking. And, and you end one scene on a word and you open the next scene on a word and there's no long walks up driveways or down hallways. You know, there are no silence moments. Um, and maybe you have a five second moment where somebody thinks. But that was really different. And a lot of the audience didn't know what to make of it. It was too fast. They couldn't follow the story. What? What's happening here? 
and also I think because it's it's courageous you know the themes that were being tackled and are being tackled um from you know abortion in very divisive subjects you know abortion now and all these things yeah well that episode didn't run in several markets Mm -hmm. they lost money the network lost money the abortion episode did was not repeated in prime time for years they couldn't show it again because it was so far ahead of its time um, I remember Dick saying, we're doing an episode about it. We're going to do an episode about the bombing of an abortion clinic. Come back to me with a story. Um, and the story, I think David Black and I wrote it, is that the woman, the, the zealot, first, that was a real ch- challenge. Don't make a zealot cardboard. We have to identify with her, understand her, and like her the minute we meet her. Otherwise, we're, we're judging her based on the fact that she was involved in blowing up an abortion clinic and somebody got killed. We, we can't judge her as bad from minute one because then we won't, it won't be a true story. It won't have any emotional reality to it. And then we, we finished it and it was astounding. I rem, uh, what's her name? Caroline Kava, the actress who played the bomber, who, um, who had a really quite a good movie career as well. Um, uh, made her likable and also we thought she was deranged at the same time. Really brilliant performance. I'm looking outside my window every day and I go out on the streets and what I see is a country that's been fracturing for a very long time and now the fracture is just wide open. It's just right there in front of everybody that this country has been split. if not in halves anyway, in thirds. And uh, it's playing out now in the, in the, what could be, what feels like the end of the society. Uh, a friend of mine who's very cynical um, said, well, we might as well call it what it is. It's a television series. And this, this, episode, this season is called America, the final season, um, which, which, which was both funny and dark. And I laughed but I didn't laugh. I mean, I was laughing, but I was, I was feeling, um, he may be right. Mm-hmm. We may be in the middle of the end of this country. Um, and he only, he described it as television because it's a language we all understand. Sure. You know, the drama of the final season. You do it as a writer when you're writing anything. Say, how do I bring in people who will not want to be with me mm-hmm. at the beginning? I, I need to make the people they don't like human. They have to understand. It's hard again to say to people, one of the things that you discover as a writer that I discovered is if you just approach characters as we all have much more in common than we have different. That is, we have, there's a commonality of being human that everybody understands. If you can find that, you, you will bring people to you and they'll listen to what you want to say. I have a belief, um, irrational, it's an irrational belief, that language itself um, can change the world. 